0: This, this, this is 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 fight disciples. Welcome back to the Fight Disciples podcast. This is your MMA review slash preview of the weekend coming up. UFC Paris is well and truly upon us. Heavyweights are on deck, so I thought it would be absolutely bang on of us to get stuck into that and give you a little bit of a preview. But as you know, if you're listening to the boxing show, you'll know that my partner in crime. Mr. Pete is still on a sun lounger enjoying himself, getting all tanned up. Very similar to Ray Winston in Sexy Beast. That's how I envisage it in the Budgie Smugglers. That's what he's up to, enjoying himself. So I thought we need, obviously, to bring in just someone who's as handsome as Nick Pete, who knows probably more than Nick Pete about the world of MMA, and obviously keeps the fun factor and the credibility factor of the show at the highest of levels. And I was having a rack of the brains earlier on, and I thought, you know something, there's only one man for the job. There's only one man for the job that can sprinkle the magic on today's MMA program. I'm not even going to introduce him. If you're watching this on YouTube. How are you, big boy?
1: Doing my best Nick Pete impression. Nick Pete told me that, uh, remember when we were at BT Sport? <laughs> now now TNT Sport, obviously I was making my uh, live TV debut on that night. And I said to Nick, I said, what, what do you do Like when the other person's talking? He said, just look at the camera and smile, Tom. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to represent Nick's advice, and uh, I'll just be looking at the
0: camera and smiling, as, as does Nick. He he refers to himself, you know, as the sex. He genuinely thinks like he's a housewife's favourite. <laughs> he's a good-looking man, and he's getting on in years as well, isn't he? I believe
1: he's, he's getting mm-hmm. better. I've known Nick a long time, you see. I've known Nick, like, probably... About 10, 15 years at this point. So, yeah, I reckon, I reckon he's going, he's going uphill, is
0: he's, he's the sex. Mate, don't say that, right? Because <laughs> I know full well he ain't home till the weekend, and I know full well he'll, he'll watch the show and he'll go, yes. He'll be on it. He's got little budgie smugglers on, like Ray Winston on his sun lounge. You think he's, yeah, I, I am getting better. The tan's looking good. He's, a, he's maturing like a fine wine, is what you're basically saying there, mate. I think
1: he is. I think he definitely is. And, uh, yeah, he's doing well. I, I do keep up. I loosely keep up with Fight, fight Disciples. I don't watch it. I'm, I'd be a liar to say I follow every episode, but uh, yeah, I think he's. You, you guys are doing a good job, definitely. i seen the one with the footballer on the other day. I'll be honest with you, not a fucking clue. I don't follow football, but I think he did a good job as well. I enjoyed it.
0: Well, this is it. We've got, we've got a nice little community of people <sighs> that obviously are either in the game or out the game or know a little bit about the game, mate, and that's uh, and, and you're part of that. So you were the first person in my brain to try and get on the programme. I know you're a busy lad. I know that you're at, you know, do it, You're know, out to Paris this week, so I thought it'd be quite apt to get you on and, uh, and get your thoughts on everything that's coming up this weekend. Plus, you're half decent at chatting, aren't you? You Northern lad. Yeah, I
1: mean, depends what the subject is, isn't it? I'm all right about talking about fighting, I guess, because uh what, would what be I... your
0: What would be your mastermind's special subject if it wasn't fighting? If it wasn't fighting? Yeah, oh. what, do you know, what do you know shitloads of that like nobody would know that you know shitloads of?
1: Hmm, not a lot, you know. I'm quite into um, capital cities. I'm good with con- countries, and- <laughs> countries and capital cities. I reckon I'm a, I'm a man of the world, aren't geography.
0: I? Geography, geography. Right.
1: I don't, I don't know about geography. I quite like travel and that. Yeah, I like documentaries as well. Documentaries, travel, but yeah, not a lot, mate. To be honest, all I do really, m- my life, especially now, now that I'm tuned into it all. I just train and train and sleep. I don't do a lot else, mate. To be honest with you, I train, sleep, consume a bit of MMA content here and there, spend time with my kids. That's it. I don't. I don't have time for hobbies, you know. I, I'm busy. Well, well,
0: there you go. You see, right? Obviously, you've got children very similar to the to my kids, so through them and the things that they watch, I've become like specialist in Paw Patrol, and and that type of vibe. You know what I mean? Like watching the programs that they watch, so I, I reckon I could own my own when it comes to Paw Patrol knowledge, you know. Maybe a bit of PJ Masks. That's yeah, I'm all right. With, I've, yeah, I,
1: they're uh, they're regulars in mine, in my gaff, PJ Masks and uh, Paw Patrol. And my my oldest kid now is seven. Hmm. He's massively into Rubik's Cube and he's really smart. He's a really clever lad, and uh, he can now do a Rubik's Cube in sub thirty seconds. It's, it, it's it's ridiculous. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Never seen anything like it.
0: I got my little, lad got one for for Christmas. Right. And I, I didn't cheat, but I've got online and done all the um, YouTube tutorials to find the codes of how you go about doing it. And even knowing that it still takes me three to four minutes to be able to complete it. 30, he can do it in 30 seconds. Can you, if you just, ah, if you handed him one, like just blind and he'd, he'd just be able to crack it in 30 seconds.
1: But yeah, I've, uh, they call it, scrap. well, he calls it scrambling it, like fucking mixing it up. I've I've done it dozens of times, dozens, in all kinds of different ways. I spent 10 minutes doing it, mate. And he'll take a look at it like that, and he'll just go, I don't even know what he does. It's ridiculous. I've no idea how he does it, what he does. He watches YouTube all day on it and does all that. That's that's been his summer holidays, mate. You know what it's like over here, absolute shit weather, nothing to do. So uh, he's been on the Rubik's Cube mate, for the last six weeks.
0: Respect, man. You got, might have a little mass genius on your hands or something. Mm.
1: He's a clever lad. He's a clever lad, mate.
0: Respect to him. Um, I saw that you're on a stag day at weekend. Was it weekend just gone or was it weekend before? When was it? Uh, everything's merged
1: into one weekend just gone. And I watched the I
0: watched the Usyk fight. You were out in Poland, weren't you? Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. How was it? How did, Mega. How did it go? As a as a place, because obviously I know that you know the gaff relatively well. The place that I went to which I believe is pronounced Vrottsvav, I believe. Vrottsvav, yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. might have got that completely wrong. Mate, what a place. First time I've ever been to that particular gaff. I went to Gdansk. That's the first time I've been to that place. Unbelievable. Sensational. Listen, if you're a bit of a geek, we architecture. Outstanding. You won't find a better gaff in Central Europe. It was absolutely t- top class. Relatively cheap ale, quality food, nice people, boiling hot summer. What, what more do you want? I loved it. What do it was
1: I uh, watched the fight. I enjoyed the fight. I Thought it was a good one. I thought Daniel Dubois actually did really well as well. Uh, I watched it. You got to remember, mate. I watched it after about fifteen beers. <laughs> so, my, so he my, looks um, a
0: bit. Whoa! He
1: looks no. <laughs> I, I mean, I I spar I Daniel Dubois. I'm familiar with him. Um, I don't know him. I don't know him personally or anything. But I've sparred him. I've seen him spar a few times as well, and I, I highly rate him. I think he's really good. He's a big, strong lad. He hits really hard and. I think he held his own pretty good from from what I remember, mate. Like I say, I was probably between ten and fifteen p.s.d. for that point. So, the uh, the pundit in me is not firing on all cylinders on this on this on particular fight. fight, yeah.
0: But uh, I thought he did well from what from what I remember. He did. He did okay, mate. He did. I think he did. He didn't get caught like a rabbit in the headlights. Forty five thousand people there, obviously screaming for the other fella. Uh, he held his. He, listen, he got beat. He got well beat. I know there's a bit of controversy with round five and all that. I'm not on that controversy train. I think it was a low blow. Usyk did Usyk things, and he he did the business, did he? He's 25, though. He's got plenty of years. He's got at least another 10 years to have a to have a rise. And by the time he gets to whatever he needs to get to, Tyson, Usyk, AJ, all them lot, they'll be long gone. And then he he'll hopefully be able to get himself a world title. Definitely, definitely. So go on, what was Stag Do like? Oh, Solid sorry, mark? yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, forgot about the Stag Do. Yeah, very good Stag Do, mate. I think there was about 10, 10 professional MMA heavyweights on the Stag Do, so. Uh... <laughs> all heavyweights, the, did you say? Uh, did, you say all, did you say all heavyweights? It wasn't all heavyweights. There was normal, there was regular-sized people there <laughs> as well. Was,
0: there was normal human beings rather but, uh, than uh, the, 60, there was 60, 60 about,
1: I, th- I think there was about 10, about 10 heavyweights on it as well. Yeah, it was mate, it was a good time, it was a great time. Did a bit of a uh, you know, it was a busy weekend. We we're in Manchester so United were playing. Uh it was gay pride weekend. Bank holiday weekend. Um yeah, yeah there, there was a lot of people about mate. It was it was good, it was a
0: good time. Do you, do you have to book ahead? Because let's be straight, right? When 10 monsters, 18 stormers rock up at front door and there's what two door lads on Ass is going to fall out the pants a little bit, isn't it? Let's yeah. Be, we, doesn't, matter, doesn't matter how hard you are, you're going to go. Hang on, this is not right. I mean, all oh, this lot in here.
1: Yeah, we had to buck ahead. We had to, and a couple of lads, new lads who worked there and stuff. So we we're pretty yeah. lucky in that regard as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I used to work the door myself, and there's absolutely no way I'd be letting anyone in like that, just in case. But you know what? Ten of the nicest lads you would ever meet would would yeah. like the last people. Actually, I'm going to digress a little bit trouble, unfortunately, found us at some point. Yeah. Well, thats uh, what,
0: I find that the problem. Obviously, you can't continue this story. I find this problem. It's never the big lads. It's always some dude that thinks, right, here we go. I'll show you how big and tough I am with these, with these big lads. That's what I've always found in that nightclub scene.
1: Yeah, well, we were just walking down the street, actually. It was late on. It was past midnight, way past midnight, and we've been out since two. Um, and you know what it's like? You're a bit... You're a bit well known. I'm referring to myself here, and uh, people after drinks and drugs like to put the hands on me, and I don't really like being touched in the face that much. After, <laughs> after, you know what I mean. Give me, give me the old pull in, and and tell you how you're gonna. And oh, mate, don't get me mate. wrong, he was you were saying nice stuff. It was saying nice stuff, but after a while, I said, "Mate, can you just stop doing that now, please? I, I've had enough of you touching my face. Please stop." And then w- one lad started arguing with him and one, one thing led to another. Anyway, the lad was kicking off, coked off his head. And uh, he ended up just getting pinned to the floor, mate. No one even threw any punches. Two of them ended up just getting pinned to the floor by two heavyweights. But that's what I mean. Like, we could, they could have got absolutely fucking battered. They could have potentially got lost a life. And I'm not even over-exaggerating. No, two no. two regular cokeheads against 10 heavyweight MMA fighters. But... Uh, yeah, mate, they just—they just ended up getting—they just ended up getting pinned to the floor and and kind of just not even roughed up at all. Just let off lightly, really. And because, like you say, big lads, we know there's a lot of damage can be done, isn't there? What one punch and that could be it.
0: You just given some random boxing promoter an idea, aren't you? There, let's get ten massive heavyweights against a lot of corkheads and let's <laughs> see if we can sell that as a night of fighting. Oh,
1: Somebody's going to market that. That that cocaine's a mad thing. It's a mad, yeah. gives you some mad confidence that shouldn't be there on some people. It's absolutely wild, man, honestly. What one scrawny cokehead trying to go at ten guys who <laughs> were literally twice his size. It's ridiculous. What is going on? But in
0: general, Phil had a good day. Well, oh, yeah, great great time. Expensive, mate, expensive we, all, well.
1: we all had a great time. We had a I mean, that didn't even ruin it. We were all right. Everything was uh everything was all good, mate. We had a lovely night.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Did you manage to catch any of the stuff from Singapore then? Thing is that you were you were busy enjoying
1: yourself. I watched it the next day, mate. I watched. I, I caught up on just basically on the fights that I wanted to watch. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't. Yes, I, was, I wasn't watching the full card. To be honest with you, I only really watch guys who I'm a fan of or heavyweights. Like I know the heavyweight division, mate, really really well. I know everybody in it, what they do, what the strengths or weaknesses are. But for example, a, a flyweight who I've never seen or heard of before. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not going to go out my way to watch him. I'm just not... It sounds bad, but I'm just not that interested. Um, yeah, so I watched I watched Max Holloway. He looked fantastic. He did... It was as expected, really, though, weren't it? Let's be honest. It, yeah. it was quite... Korean zombie, although he's a legend, he is getting a bit long in the tooth now. He's been a bit inactive, and, and that's what I expected from Max Holloway. I think Max Holloway's brilliant, mate. His timing's so good. And uh, I think it's hard for any MMA fan to not be a fan of Max Holloway. The guy is fantastic. His attitude is great. His fighting style is great. it brings it every single time. and Yeah, he enjoyed the fight. Mate. He just did, did what he was supposed to do, really. I think I think he put on a good performance, but I think that's what everyone was expecting.
0: Here you go, then. Here's a, here's a question for you on Max. Since Conor beat him, right, he's 18-0 and 0 at featherweight against everybody that isn't called Alexander Volkanovsky. Only Volk has beaten him since that Conor McGregor defeat, and he's and he's beaten eighteen others. So the question is, does he have a genuine path back to the UFC title?
1: Oh, it's a good question.
0: Um, I think
1: the fights were very close, weren't they? The the fir- they had three fights. Is that right?
0: They've had three. First, first two each- were
1: close. The last yes, one, yes, they was- were.
0: The yeah. last one was a shutout, mate. He's he's five niled him in the in the last one, and he's yeah. put on a masterclass. So you're right. He's won he's won rounds against him. I mean, Nick's argument at one point is that Max has actually won more rounds against Volk than than Volk had against him. I disagreed with him. They were both tight. I I thought Volk did win the first two fights, but they were tight. I agree with what you're saying. The last one though was an absolute shutout. What needs to happen? Do you think? Do you think Volk has to either lose to Topuria? Maybe to create an opportunity for, for Max to go again or clear off to 155 permanently for Max to get another shot because you can't really make an argument for a fourth one. We him at the moment, can you? Uh, not at this point.
1: I think either either are, are good options, aren't they? Like, he, he has to obviously lose or, like you say, move up. But the thing is, if you keep giving him a crack, he's gonna. He's going to win sooner or later. Like they're evenly matched, like you say, they've done three. There's not been no finishes there. They've done fifteen rounds with one another, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Sooner or later, Max is going to win a fight. But when you've had three of them, it starts getting to the point where it's a bit like, "Fucking hell, let's change the record here." Do you know what I mean? I don't. I yeah. I, I know. I I'm a massive. I mean, I'm I'm the biggest fan of Volkanovski. Like he's my favorite fighter in the UFC right now. Do I want to see that fight again? No, I don't. I want to see him and Ilya Taporia or somebody else. Or I want to see him and um, Islam Is Makhachev again. again. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, I'd rather see that. That's exactly what I want to see. I don't want to see him and bloody Max Holloway for the fourth time. I'm not interested in that. So, yeah, I think you would either have to lose or he'd have to go and win the lightweight title and stick around there for a little bit, I think.
0: He's tough then because he keeps battering everybody else. So he becomes then the gatekeeper to the crown, doesn't he? Like we saw Arnold have a go at him fall short so Arnold's now obviously not going to progress and become that next contender you've got to do something I think really really special against another contender at featherweight in order to get yourself an opportunity to fight uh, Volkanovski because you have to in a way go through Max Holloway to get to Volkanovski which is a tough thing to do.
1: Very tough and like you say it's it's a little bit sad in a way that it becomes almost like a a number one gatekeeper kind of person, yeah. like you say, if you beat him, you're the number one contender, but that's not a great spot to be him in at his stage of his career, really. You know, he's, he's a young guy, but he does kind of have a lot of miles on the clock at this stage. Um, yeah. uh, like you say, where does he go? Maybe he just becomes like one of them fan favorites. I think, well, I think he's already there to be honest. I absolutely love yeah. him as a fan. Um, I'll watch every single one of his fights, but. It would be nice if you could have a, another go at the title, wouldn't it, before he retires? If you could hold the belt again,
0: that'd be really nice. Yeah, man. I think he. De- I think he. I think he deserves that opportunity. Like you said, the body work that he's put in. Um, you just. You were just talking about Korean Zombie there. <laughs> the way that he went out in that third round, mate. You've got to kind of take your hat off a little bit because you were getting his ass kicked in the second, and you thought, is Max going to finish him in this second? And obviously, Hooper comes in and kind of saves, saves the process. And you're thinking, right, it's a main event, so you've got another three rounds here. And he just went balls to the wall. He just threw the kitchen sink in it straight away. And he went, right, it's you and me, pal. I can't keep up with you. It's you and me. Let's have a go. And he literally just went for it. And fair enough, he ended up getting clipped and getting knocked out, which is kind of Korean zombie-esque a little bit because that's where that marauding forward technique and style is what's obviously made him a fan favorite. So you kind of got to take a little bit of your hat off to him a touch, but you know full well that the tactics were absolutely mental.
1: Yeah, that was the standard. Listen, have you just called my bird a slag? Old this. Let's fucking have one of them. Let's. It's you or me. You know what I mean? I'm going to retire in a minute anyway. Let's see what happens. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them. I'm either going to go out on top or I'm going to, I'm going to fucking get carried out of here in a minute. But you ain't calling my bird a slag again. It was one of them. It was one of them, weren't it? And I respected it. As a as a consumer, as an MMA consumer, that's what I want to see. Like I'm a massive fan of technique. Can you
0: imagine? Can you imagine that in the corner, in between rounds, (laughs) he he's just called your bird a slag. (laughs) What? That's what he he might have said. It. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what
1: the Koreans are saying to one another? We don't know. But uh, it was it was tremendous as a viewer. That's what that's what we watch it for, isn't it? That that is what I'm a massive fan of technique. I'm a massive fan of defensive fighting, which not a lot of people are. I love seeing the old hit and don't get hit. But also, I love the whole my beer moments. Yeah, old this lad. He's fucking getting some here. That like that's what I want to see sometimes as well.
0: What what would your dad say to you if you did that?
1: Yeah, that... He never might never happened, speak to me again. It? It's, it's never, never happening. Ne- no, absolutely not. That's never happening between me and my dad. I do not fight that way. And, uh, yeah.
0: I re- Do you know something? You don't fight that way. And I doubt that you'll ever be in that position. But I just want one moment. It'd be amazing if your dad did say that to you. said, hey, guess what? Guess what he just called your missus? <laughs> in corner. And it just brings the red yeah. miss down and off you go. That'd be amazing.
1: No, that wouldn't happen. It's all about sport for me. But I did I enjoyed it. I I, re, as a, as someone who watches a sport, you don't mind a tear-up every now and again, do you? That's what you want to see. Boxing's a lot of the old let's jab a move. Let's have let's have this round off. Let's, this isn't boxing. This is not we what we want to see. We want to see two guys going out there sometimes and just wellying one another.
0: You want to see a fight. Yeah, we do. That's what we want to see. we fight fans. Uh what did you make it? Did you catch much of Anthony Smith and Ryan Span?
1: Bits, bits. To be honest with you, I won't want to break it down too much. Um, I, I know it was a close fight. Anthony Smith obviously had the closed-up eye, which yeah. is a problem. Like you, do, that's the last thing you need when you're in a street fight. Having one eye, going full uh, full Mike Bisping on us. So that's you don't want that. That's you don't want that at all. Um, but obviously, he came through it. He put on a technical performance. What I've seen, he, he was using his kicks well, and obviously Ryan yeah. Span is a he's a is a big guy. He's a big guy for the weight. He's massive. He's really long and rangy, and um, he was using his, gonna... his, his he was using his kicks and his and and getting inside really well, from what
0: I can see. Span's going to kick himself, man, because the opportunity was there, as you've just said. Anthony was incapacitated without only having one eye, and if he'd have put his foot down a little bit. I'm not saying that he'd have taken Anthony out because he's a tough bugger. We know he's a tough but We've seen him spit his teeth out in fights in the past, you know what I mean, and, and, and carry on cracking on. But he could have outpointed. I think because he was incapacitated and he couldn't see properly, he could have won that third round Ryan Span if he'd just turned the heat up a touch and gone through the gears. And he didn't do that. And he gave Anthony the opportunity to stay in there and use his experience, use the level that he's been at previously to navigate the last, I'd say, eight, eight to nine minutes of that fight and just about nick it. It wasn't clear, but he did just about nick it. Obviously, he took a split decision, but I I did actually favor that Anthony had just done enough to get it done.
1: Yeah, I think the thing with Ryan Spann is, from what I can gather, which is not much, you know what I mean? I don't follow his career too much, but I remember him saying that he cuts a lot of weight, like he's cutting like 35 plus pounds fight week, which is ridiculous. It's, it's It's just straight up dangerous. But also, I think that takes away from his confidence in his gas tank a little bit. And that's what I could see in the fight. Mm. I don't know. Maybe he had some issues in training or something that we don't know about. Who knows? But like you say, he just wasn't going through them gears. He wasn't putting his foot on the gas when Anthony Smith was evidently hurt, like he was wearing the pain on his face. It It wasn't like he was hurt and he was hiding it well. He had one eye. Everyone could see he had one eye. The person in the frigging nosebleeds could see he had one eye. Hit him in the eye. Hit him on that side where he can't see you. Fake him, step over, and then throw your shots on the side that he can't see you. Do you know what I mean? But it seems to me that he's got a little bit of a mental issue where he doesn't want to overexert himself too much. And that's only me from the outside looking at, do you know what I mean? I don't know, but that's what it looks like to me.
0: Plus, last time they met, Smith took him out first round, chalked him out, didn't he? So maybe there's a little bit of that mental scarring that this guy's already beaten me in the past. Definitely. I just want to be a bit more cautious with it don't know. A uh, couple of other little bits. I know you haven't seen these because you were obviously dealing with heads in on Dean's Gate Locks or whatever you were, pal. Um, Erin Blanchfield just wanted to highlight her performance because she got her ass kicked in the first round against uh, Taylor Santos and I thought she was brilliant the way that she rallied second and third to end up getting a points decision and that just kind of answers the final question I've got about her. So against Molly? Brilliant. So uh, in a couple of other fights as well, I know that she's incredibly talented Uh, when it comes to technique but I also wanted to know if she's got a bit of dog in the fight you know what I mean when when the shit hits the fan can you rally can you deal with can you deal with a bit of adversity she's a kid early 20s man she's got I think someone put a thing up the other day that she's got about 100 and something days to try and become the youngest ever female champion to take Rose's crown I'm not against her getting a title shot next I know that in Paris you've got obviously Rose herself taking on Manon Furore, which probably will lead to a shot at the winner of Shevchenko and Grasso. But I've no problem with Erin Blanchfield getting a shot. I think she's earned the stripes. And at the weekend, if you can take on someone like she took on at the weekend and get the job done, um, she's well in line, man.
1: Definitely. I think she's very, very, very good from what I've seen. And her opponent, Santos, she's really good as well. It's not yeah. We're not talking about some random girl here. Like she's been around the rankings for a good, a good few years now. She's one of the top girls herself. So for her to get a win like that, Against, like you say, she she kind of come out of nowhere for me because I don't follow the women's divisions as much as I would the men's and stuff like that. So before she fought Molly, I wasn't really aware who she was, and then and then she obviously, and this is no disrespect to Molly, she outclassed her, and that's yeah. no, uh, that's she did that. That's the top and bottom of it. I'm not, uh, you know, saying anything bad about Molly. That's literally what happened in the fight. She was one step ahead of her throughout the whole fight from the start to the finish, and. Um, mm-hmm thought fucking hell she's good like this girl's really good I'm going to keep my eye on her and since then I have been watching her and I think she's uh she's so what's the word see if I was a proper pundit I'd know these words cerebral she's very cerebral in there she's not Mm. um she don't get emotionally attached to anything she's super super calm and and relaxed and makes really good decisions as well which is something that you don't see too often from the women to be honest a lot of the women are making bad decisions and you can tell someone like her even though she's young She's been doing the sport for a long time because she makes the right decisions at the right time under pressure, which is something that not a lot of women do, to be honest
0: with you. And that's the key thing in this one, mate. Because, like I said, first round she got her ass kicked. She she was on the verge of maybe getting taken out. And then she kept stayed calm, realized that she had another 10 minutes to navigate the fight. And she did it. And she did it absolutely brilliantly and showed that she's got she's got what it takes to get to the very, very top level. And as I said, no problem. If Grasso comes through against, listen, it's a tough ask, isn't it? Grasso against Shevchenko, you'd think that Shevchenko's is going to come back better next time around. So it, it, it could be a bit more competitive. But whoever comes through that, I've no problem with Blanchfield um, having a knock against them. Even if Rose Nami Yunus looks amazing at the weekend against uh, Man and Fior- Fioro. Or oh, Fioro takes out Nami Yunus. Uh, Paris, you're going, aren't you? you, I'm prom- going. you promise- yeah, your promise is on the microphone. You said, listen, I'm going. So I'm going. Sorted, yeah. I am going.
1: I don't know if it was the wrong decision. To be honest, a lot of people telling me, "Oh, you should have called out Pavlovich." Listen,
0: I'll fight all. I'll fight all of them. Don't get. I, don't. I'll fucking turn up for any of them. What do you? What do you mean? People are saying it's a wrong decision. Call out Pavlovich.
1: Oh, people are always like, "Oh, why? Why are you trying to fight Soroganic? He's Just lost the title." I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to fight anybody. Just give me a fight. I'm not bothered. Whoever, whoever's free, give me him.
0: Yeah. Well, hang on. All you said. I'm going to go to Paris. I'm going to watch the main event and then I'll beat whoever wins that main event and then I'll beat John Jones. That's what you said. In the, It's the path to John Jones, literally, isn't it? So, what is the easiest, not the easiest path, but what is the logical path to John Jones? Turn up at every heavyweight fight that is currently booked in your division of guys ranked higher than you. Cyril is ranked higher than you. Yeah. And Cole's fucking murder. That's basically what you've got to go and try and do. Exactly.
1: And that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. And you know what? If Cyril does get a big win this weekend, or, or Spivak gets a big win, yeah. The other, the other fights are kind of irrelevant. That's the way MMA works, is people have such short memories. Massive win on the weekend. Big knockout, big submission. That's a big fight for me straight away. It doesn't matter about who else is knocking around at the time. Whoever's won recently, that's the fight to make. I think I'm not bothered, honestly, mate. Just give me a fucking fight. I want to fight somebody. I'm ready to fight. Give me when? one. When? When are you looking? I want to fight when before. You... I want to fight before the end of the year, definitely.
0: Right, I'll come back to that in a minute, all right? Let's preview this because you've been obviously been in with Spivak, and since you've been in with Spivak, he's looked mint. He's had three really good wins, all finishes. Um, okay, level of a punt, you could probably look at Hardy and maybe Sakai, and you look at them, and you go, okay, that's a that's a rung below. Derek Lewis has been there, done it, got the t shirt, and he uh, he finished him. So since the since you beat it, your your win against him has actually matured really really well because you blitzed him. Now it looks well, that's actually a, a, a better win than it was when you actually did it. Yep, I would tend to agree. I would definitely tend to agree with that. I think.
1: Um... Fucking hell, how long have we got? Because oh, cool. I, I can talk about heavyweight fights all day, mate. That this is what this is what this is what I study, this is what I do. I know everything about every opponent. So um do you make predictions on the show or not? Or, you do, do, or you well. do you just generally I'm I'm not up for making a prediction, but I will give a breakdown of the fight, definitely. Go on then. So first of all, I want to talk a little bit about octagon control. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Because until a few months ago, mate, I was not aware properly what Octagon Control is. I thought Octagon Control... And this is me doing this full-time for years now. I didn't really know what Octagon Control is until the UFC official broke it down for me. I basically thought that Octagon Control is the fella who's walking forward punching the other fella. But to me, that's Octagon Control. That was Octagon Control. Now, the way I got it explained to me, it's not. It's the person the man or woman in the fight who's controlling the space, whether that be on the back foot, on the front foot, on the side foot, fucking upside down, whatever the mm-hmm. person who's controlling the other, the other person is the person who's got the octagon control. Now, even though Cyril Gant is predominantly a back foot fire, his octagon control is some of the best in the division. It's fantastic. It's uh, his spatial awareness his awareness in the octagon of where he positions his opponent and where he positions himself is some of the absolute best in the UFC, in the whole UFC, not just the heavyweight division. He's brilliant at it. That being said, in his last fight, when he fought old mate Goldie, John Jones, his octagon control was fucking terrible. Zero, zilch, nothing. Absolutely nothing. No oxygen on that, control there at all.
0: Is that because the occasion got to him?
1: Yes. I'm going to be a straight shooter on this one. And Cyril Gan did not want to be there. Simple as that. Simple as that, mate. He didn't want to be there in that fight. You can look at it. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if something's happened behind the scenes. I don't know if he's injured. The pressure's got to him. Whatever. I don't know whether he was intimidated fighting John Jones. In that fight, mate, he did not want to be there there was absolutely no resistance offered from Cyril Gannon in that fight. Zero. As a person who studies both the mental aspects of the game, the Mm. physical aspects of the game, and the technical aspects of the game, there was absolutely no resistance. As soon as John Jones got close to him, he was done completely. But anyway, going back, Octagon control. That's what this fight comes down to, ultimately. Who's controlling the space? Now, if we're going to talk about Cyril Gan, like I say, he fights really, really well off the back foot. Really well. He do, he controls his opponent really well. He he dictates what his opponent's doing, when his opponent moves in, when his opponent moves out. What, what, he's, what his opponent is doing, Cyril Gann is dictating that. On the other hand, Sergei Spivak, me is one of the best grapplers in the heavyweight division. For someone who was going to fight him once before, and obviously I've fought him as well, So I've done two training camps for him. When he gets his hands locked like this, in an S grip, around a person's back, it is near near impossible to get him off mate. His grip is ridiculously strong, uh, Sergei Spivak. And he will happily take you to the ground, let you get up, and Matt return you multiple times. And as a guy, talking about myself here, 6 foot 5 and 260 pounds, Doing that with another guy, six foot five and two hundred and sixty pounds hanging on you is one of the most exhausting things that you can do. That's why you see Cyril, uh, sorry, Sergey Spivak breaking down a lot of his opponents. So, what Spivak needs to do is walk him down and be prepared to take some of them naughty kicks that Cyril Gando's.
0: Straight up the middle.
1: Straight up the middle. He does the fakes around the side with the head kicks. He's got some of the best kicking that the heavyweight division's ever seen. It's brilliant. So he's got to be prepared to be outpointed for a bit because Cyril Gann has got a massive speed advantage as well. Uh, Sergei Spivak, slow, mate. Really, really slow. The thing is, going back to the octagon control, to beat Sergei Spivak, you need to get him on the back foot, mate you need to get him going backwards. Otherwise, he is going to walk through them shots. He is going to get that grip on you and it's going to be really, really tough to get his grip off. Now, to get him on the back foot, you have to make him respect your power. Now, here's the thing about Cyril Gann. Cyril Gann has great footwork, great speed, incredibly athletic for a heavyweight, great accuracy, great physique, looks the part, Everything. Do we see him doing
0: one-punch knockouts, Adam? No, we don't. We saw an accumulation against Ty. Exactly. He, he, when he stepped to the side and he, he hit Ty from a, it was a crazy sad. angle, it was a beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, So you could probably class that as close as you've seen for a one-punch knockout. It was knockout definitely. Principle. Do you know why? It was an accumulation. Yeah, it was yeah, an accumulation yeah. of those front kicks that had taken the wind out of Tyson. But sides.
1: I'll tell you exactly why we're not seeing one-punch knockouts because he's got them things that we've just been through. He's got yeah. he's got the size. He's, mate, he's a massive guy. If he hits you, you should be going over. He's really accurate. The reason he's not knocking people out with one-punch, mate, is because he doesn't want to be on his back. He doesn't want to plant his feet for long enough mm-hmm to transfer the weight through his feet, through his ankles, through his knees, through his hips, turn his punch in because his feet will be planted too long and he was going to get out grappled. You've seen it with John Jones. We've seen it with Francis Ngannou. We've seen it with a, a couple of lower opponents uh, in the past as well. As soon He does not like another guy on top of him roughing him up. There's no answer to it. That's why he does a lot of flicky in and out movements, which, granted, he's very, very good at, but against someone like Spivak, who's a front-foot fighter, who's a, a strong grappler, you need to get him on the back foot. So I don't think this fight's as, as one-sided as a lot of people thinking. You know? oh, a, a lot of people are going out there thinking, oh, yeah, Cyril Gan's a lot better than him. Granted, he looks a lot better. He's a better striker. He's definitely a better mover. His punches are more accurate. He's more probably more of a complete fighter than um, Spivak is. But stylistically, it's a bad batch-up for Cyril Gan, but- you know.
0: Is is my question for you then? Is Spivak explosive enough and cute enough to slip anything coming? Because that's what he's going to have to do, isn't he? He's going to have to slip something in order to get that, get close that distance, get that takedown, and then obviously dump uh, Cyril on his back. Is he explosive enough to be able to do that? Well, that's the question.
1: That's the question, isn't it? But the thing is about um, Spivak is if you refer back to his. Uh, previous fights, you watch his fight with Tatuivasa. Yeah, took a lot, took a lot of punishment, mate. In the fight, kept walking him down until he couldn't be denied. Wore him out, mate, and made Tatuivasa quit. One of the one of the only times, mate, we've seen Tatuivasa absolutely gassed, not wanting to be there in the fight because this guy was absolutely relentless. Took the punishment and walked him down and said, "You know what? You throw everything you want at me. I'm not asked. Fuck you. Keep doing it." And I'm going to put you on your back eventually and squash you. And he might do the same again here. We don't know, but Cyril Gunn's very good. You know, he's had, I would imagine he's going to be very embarrassed about his last fight and he's going to be working heavily on his grappling. The guy's an absolute freak athlete. He's massive. He's ridiculously athletic. So we might see a bit of a reinvented Cyril Gunn here, but we don't know. It's very interesting.
0: And you're going to be ringside or cage side, octagon be, side, whatever they do I'll be there, are. mate. Shadow boxing.
1: I'll be be like McGregor, just stand up the whole fight, sunglasses on, just saying. Do it. Shades on,
0: shirt open. (laughs) Big chain, shirt open, shades on, and just stand out like that.
1: I might do. You never know. You never know what I'm going to pull off, but I'm looking forward to it, mate, especially. uh, I've not watched uh, Cyril Ghan up close. I've never watched him up close, and watching up close and watching on TV is... Fucking Completed. two completely different things when we were working Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman. I remember watching Gachy and Fiz Eve, Eve. K-side. awesome. And I thought when I watched it K-side, I was literally really, really close. I couldn't have been any closer. I thought Fiz Eve won it quite easily, you know. And then when awesome. I watched it, when I watched it back on the TV, mate, I was like, what was I just watching? Gaethje won this easy, like this. He won two of that rounds easily. But, mate, a, a lot of them little punches from Fazeev were getting through. But they just did, from close up, they look powerful. And obviously, yeah. they're scoring for damage and stuff. But when you're watching it on the TV, it's, it's completely different, mate. Completely different. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out, mate, on Saturday night. I love a heavyweight scrap.
0: Love it. Do you think, that, do you think they can turn... Whoever wins, obviously it's going to, it's going to come down to the nature of the fight. And it? if it's a one hitter quitter, then maybe the answer is yeah. But if it's a, a do- bit of a dog fight, then maybe the answer is no. Turning around the winner of that for you for November or December of this year. That's what I want.
1: That's what I'm trying to get. But I, It's a tough one, mate, because I'm a bit, I'm a bit like, I only want to fight above me now. I've never been fussy about it before, but um, hmm. I'm close. I'm close, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm one or two fights away from a title shot.
0: Well, let's I... let's let's be logical about it, right? So Cyril holds two, and obviously uh, Sergey's behind you at the moment. You've already beaten Sergey, right? But if Sergey wins, the rule of thumb is that he he probably leapfrog and take Cyril's spot. You would think. So therefore, there's an opportunity. Maybe, maybe Sergey would want to get one back over you. So maybe there's a narrative there to be able to make that fight if he's the number two. What else we got here? You've got Ty, who's already. Rocked up with Volkov, that's below you, so we're not interested in that. Uh, Blades, Almeida, Blades is now slightly behind, isn't he? Yeah. That, I mean that
1: that would obviously be great to get that one back, but at the same time, I believe they're fighting like mid-November.
0: That's right. In, in I'm, Brazil.
1: I'm trying to fight November myself. Do you know what I mean? Or December? Like I, I don't want to wait until they turn around and wait till March, April. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to, I'm trying to go now. I I want to go. You know, not right now. I've just come back from a stag do, as we talked about before. But give me a couple of months, I'm, you know, a couple of weeks, I'm good to go.
0: Listen, let's be dead straight about this, right? As Because we we look at people who are matched up, and you look at the prospect of actually being able to turn around the main event for November, December. The legit thing is now, John Stipe, November the 11th. You want to be on that card. That's the card to be on, because you've got the heavyweight title fight. To be on that card would be, one, tremendous in itself because it's the anniversary, 30th anniversary card. That'd be awesome. It kind of boosts superstardom. It's in New York City, all the bloody pomp and ceremony at Madison Square Garden, all that. And if you look at the guys that are above you, the only one that's not matched up is Sergei Pavlovich.
1: So well, if you, if let, you look at me, that, look, me, at, it uh, legit,
0: look well, at it legit, that then is an eliminator. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That's the eliminator for the title.
1: It definitely is. But we have a small issue with that. From from what I'm told, and I mean I'll be getting this confirmed on the weekend. Obviously, when I'm in when I'm in Paris with the UFC people around, the UFC brass, as it were. But um, Sergey Pavlovich is going to be the backup fighter for the main event, and okay. they don't like to match backup fighters for title fights, so I'm told. So say say me and Pavlovich will match for that event, yeah. And Stepe banged his head on fight day. Yeah. Who's going to step in and fight Jones? you know what I mean? We've already got a fight going. I mean, I guess they could. Who knows? But apparently they don't like to. But that's only what I've heard. I need to get it confirmed properly this weekend.
0: No, that that is true. But I would also... Would you... This is, you know, I don't want to dog Jones out, but we've seen in the past where fight, fights, when he was at light heavyweight, they've fallen off last minute and he's refused to take those fights. He did it against Chael Sonnen. So would he even entertain a fight with Sergei Pavlovich last minute if uh, Steve Miocic is not available. Are you telling me that I've got to be
1: a backup for the backup here?
0: No, what I'm saying is that you've got to concentrate on yourself. So therefore, Pavlovich is obviously, that's a great option because it automatically for me makes it as a a title eliminator. You've got two hits at this. You've got November, which is the 30th anniversary, and then you've got Vegas, which would be equally as good December. So you've got two solid months there at the back end of the year, aren't you? Where you could get on a card and if it is going to be December, then that makes whoever wins this weekend more viable to be able to turn that round for, for the Vegas card.
1: I would agree. I'm trying to be active. Do you know what I mean? I've just um, come off a year layoff. I had a fight for a minute a few weeks ago. Like I want to, I want to go again. I want to go again. I don't want to wait, but I guess that's the way that that's the way it goes at the top do you know what I mean you have to be smart you have yeah. to be a bit selfish about stuff you can't just be taking fights willy-nilly now like uh I've earned this spot I am currently the person in the UFC with the shortest fight average time
0: what is it 2.19 is it 2.19 your, your fight time I like to get in and out mate I don't like to be in there for
1: too long if what I don't is it
0: like- do, you, do you not like showers or something at the O2 is that what it is you just want to get in and out and get the job done and get out I don't really like getting punched in the face
1: if I don't have to, to be honest with you. I'd rather, fucking rather not.
0: I'd
1: rather, I'd rather be up there having a beer yeah. rather than <laughs> still having a scrap. So, yeah, um, I, I just want to I just want to keep keep the thing going. But it's very interesting now, isn't it, heavyweight, to see what happens, see see how it all unfolds. And last time I spoke to the UFC, that's what they said they want to do. Let's just see how these next couple of months unfold. So, I'm just uh, trading, mate, trading, patiently waiting and, and seeing what happens.
0: Hmm, it is everything you've just said is bang on because you've earned you only want to fight up the majority of the people above you are matched. Pavlovich, if you, you know what I mean, if he's the backup fighter, he's not going to say, Well, oh, you're yeah, gone now, I'll book another fight because I'm literally when you put him as backup fighter, you're basically saying he's next in line. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see the aftermath of what happens in November because. Obviously, Jones and Stipe, fantastic fight. I think a lot of people are obviously extremely excited about it. But does the winner or the loser? Did they stay in the UFC, or do they call uh, time? They I'm hearing it?
1: strong rumors, strong rumors that uh, they're both retiring. But I can see it. I can see a double retirement that night. I really can. That's just people talking. You never know, dear. You? you never know. Who knows? Imagine if Stipe won it, mate. Imagine if he just bombed
0: him. Yeah, be... listen. That's that's not alien. We're talking Absolutely about the not. best heavyweight that the UFC has ever seen. So there's a, there's a chance that he could do that. Absolutely.
1: We're talking, as I always say about the heavyweight division, massive guys, tiny gloves. Yeah. Anything can happen. We're not... It's not... Nothing's nailed on, mate, in this sport. Nothing's nailed on. That's why you get all these people, mate, talking smack and all that. It, mate, it comes back to bite you in the ass. You can't right. be doing that. You make yourself look like a right knob. Think about all the memes you're you're saying you're unbeatable. No one's unbeatable, mate. Fucking this sport's well dangerous. What are you what are you doing? Have a minute. Pipe down a bit. Stop doing that. This is this sport is insane.
0: If you're not on that card, are you coming to New York? Oh
1: yeah, I'm coming. I'm I'm going though. I'm going. But uh, I want to be on the card ultimately. But, Ideally. Yeah, yeah that Ideally. that bit, that works out for me time wise as well. Do you know what I mean? I've just have a nice little rest now after my uh, after my. Fight Escapade. against tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been boozing. I've been chilling. I've been training. I've been I've been on holiday. I've done it all. I'm ready to get back. Ready to get back training now and get get serious and get a date. So I'm just waiting for that.
0: Solid man. Um Rosenami Eunice, flyweight this weekend. Um it's gonna be interesting to see how she adapts to that weight, taking on Manon Fiorro, who's obviously the hometown fighter. French girl, it's gonna to be a top quality fighter as you'd imagine, as a co-main event. My tip for the absolute banger is Benoit Saint-Denis. Saw him last year in France. He was absolutely sensational. He's taken on Thiago uh, Moises. Both guys are on a little bit of a streak at the moment of just taking people's necks and cashing checks, mate. So I'm imagining that this is going to be violence personified. Could be uh, fight of the night, that one. Set to be a cracker.
1: Yeah, I've not seen too much of this uh, Benoit, fellow I mean, to be honest with you. But good. my old man, my dad, He's absolutely raving about him. Loves, him. loves him, loves him. He's right. So I'll be, uh, I'll be watching him closely, mate. Saturday night, and I, I'm looking forward to it. I've seen a couple of his fights.
0: Uh, am I right, he, took he, out- he beat Martin Casey. Is that right? He took out Ismail Bonfim, who's no joke. Last time out, he took him out. Uh, we have face crank, mate, and uh, he smashed Gabriel Miranda. This time last year in France. It was just absolutely outstanding. Moises has been on a little bit of streak as well. Both of them. Both of them. I think it could be a really good fight that. That's uh, that's my tip for fighting the night. Um can you give me some uh down on uh Carl Lochran, who's making his UFC debut?
1: Yes, mate, the Don. The Don. The, the Don. Yeah, the Don's uh it's a good little fighter, mate. Like I say, I don't I don't I don't follow the the little fellas as much as as I should. So I'm not too familiar with their division. I'm not too familiar with his opponent, but I've been around him a bit. Do you know what I mean? I've been in the gym with him. I've seen him uh, seen him train. He's, he's a little machine, mate. The guy's really good. The guy's really, really confident. He's unbeaten. Just coming off a, a big Cage Warriors win, which yeah. he fought a legit guy. And, you know, that them fights stand you in good stead. The guy's super confident. So I'm sure that... Mate, there's a thing, you see it a lot, especially... I mean, obviously, I'm a UK guy, so... We follow UK fighters more than we would anybody else, but a lot of the time you see guys winning on these local shows and 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 looking amazing, and mate, they get into the UFC and they look a shadow, yes, of the former self. It's not it's not the fact that the level's that much better. Obviously, the level is better in the UFC, but the mental aspect of having all that pressure on you. Is a lot different, mate, than fighting on Cage Warriors or, or similar shows, smaller shows than Cage Warriors. Even some people. Mm. Um, but the Don, the guy, seems to do really, really well under pressure. So I don't think he'll be a sufferer of that. I, I texted we um, made Mick Parking recently, actually. Um, Mick Parking is now he's just made his UFC debut on my my the same card as me, and he's got another fight coming up soon, which is yet to be announced. Good. But um, Mick looked great in his debut. He looked fantastic. And I texted him re- recently when, I can't remember, some some the couple of UK guys have been on the Contender Series recently and not done yeah. too well. And they've looked great. They've looked great on local shows. I can't remember who's been in recently, but I remember texting Mick. This was only like a week or two ago. And I said, Mick, you should be proud of yourself, you know, for what you've done, because it's fucking not easy. Look at what these other guys are doing. On the, on the local scene, looking like absolute world beaters. They get to the contender series, mate. And that's the contender series. We're not talking about the UFC with, with all that pressure on you and, and a home show or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And Mick went out of there, mate. Looked like he was going for his morning brew. <laughs> Turn, turned up, looked fantastic against a really dangerous opponent. It was calm as hell. And not yeah. everyone can do that. Not, and that's, that's severely, criminally underestimated by people. Do you know what I mean? Not every, you see a lot of guys on the local shows and even, even working a bit higher up the ladder as well. You see a lot of people fighting on prelims. They get on the main card, they start yeah. pushing co main event, they go main event. It's a whole different kind of pressure, mate. That, that people, they don't get it. They don't get it until you're there. And you see people start crumbling, mate. You see people crumble under the pressure on a regular basis. And that is, it's criminally, underestimated how hard that is.
0: I I don't think, and you you, you can correct me because you're an athlete, right? I don't think that can be taught. I think you can either deal with it or you can't.
1: I would tend to agree with that. Like me personally, I've been in enough situations now where I know, I'm not talking about I think I can do it. I know I can do it under pressure. I actually do a lot better under pressure. That's one of my biggest strengths is I can stay calm, under pressure. And not everybody can. And this sport is massively ego-based. Massively. Like, we've got cage fighters, for God's sake. We're having a scrap in front of millions of people. And sometimes you start taking them punches, mate, and it's difficult to stay calm. You're completely aware that all them people are on you, whether that be you get angry in the fight, You start losing confidence, stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And and like you say, some of this stuff, it can't be taught. And the difference between the highest of the high level athletes in any sport or not even in sport, just in general, people are at the top of the game, whether that be business, sport, being a doctor, whatever it is, they can work better under pressure better under pressure. We're not talking about, oh, they can do a good job under pressure. They can work better and not everybody can, mate. And you need to be like, if there's any fighters out there listening, I'm not trying to give anybody advice or anything like this. You're on the cusp of the UFC. When you get there, you need to take that into account that there's a whole different kind of pressure when you're fighting in the UFC and it's not to be underestimated.
0: It's like, while you were talking there, I was, I'm trying to think of fighters that have that just seem built for it, and and this is not dig on anybody's abilities or anything like that when it comes to the technical aspects of fighting. But for example, there's been a lot made of Sean O'Malley recently, aren't there? And him becoming bantamweight champion, and people will look at Sean and they'll think he's very one-dimensional. I actually think his takedown defense is pretty solid. I haven't seen him grapple too much, but I think he's. It's, it's a. We know what his skill set is. He's an elite striker. His timing is just a joke. What he, what that leg can do. He's so accurate. But this that you're talking about, the mental aspect of dealing with the biggest biggest moment, that is probably his biggest strength. It's not necessarily how good he is at timing a shot. It's dealing with the shit that gets thrown at him.
1: And it's it's not easy. It, it's so, as an athlete myself, to look at guys like Sean O'Malley and even I know Conor McGregor's kind of on. He's he's questionable at the minute. Everyone knows that. This is not. A yeah, but 2015, to
0: 2016, when it was like that. But mate, did you see Clint. how relaxed
1: he is when he when he when he was like you say when he was on that on mate. that incline. When it's, he's fighting the likes of Hold, Jose Aldo, one of the best people to ever do it in the sport, how tense Aldo is in comparison to how loose Connor is, is absolutely ridiculous, mate. Absolute mental giant. That's what you have to be, mate. You have to be a mental giant to be in the spot of being top five in the world. We're not talking about like some fella who can have a scrap here, who's an hard guy. We're talking about guys who have, who have, Dedicate the life to this, and it's not enough. It's not enough, mate, to dedicate your life. You can be on the, all the best diets. You can have the best training in the world. You can do the best physical preparation you want. When you're in there and then lights are on you and you've got 20,000 people screaming your name, can you do it then? That's the question. And the answer is most people can't do it. And that is massively, massively, massively overlooked by a lot of MMA consumers.
0: Who's, who's like, the best Who's the best in the UFC now at that? Uh, Volkanovski, 100%. The mental aspect of it, do you think? He's ridiculous, mate. Some of them positions that
1: he's been in when he fought, for example, Brian Ortega. Yeah. The stuff that must be going through your head when you're deep in the fight. We're not talking about a fresh guy here. Mate, you, start, you start getting fucking tired and exhausted and then get put in the positions. You're bleeding all over the gaff. You got 30,000 people screaming, thinking the fight's going to be over, and you withstand it and come out and then win the and then win the round. You get up and and, and bash him up the next round or two. It's ridiculous. The guy's an absolute. That's what. That's the best way I can describe it. He's a mental giant, mate. It's ridiculous. And this is what elite athletes are. That that's the biggest difference. And I'm glad that that. People from the outside, like yourself and stuff, takes it into account because it's it's hard. It's not easy to do this stuff. And like you say, you're at, you've either got it or you've not. And I've seen plenty of people in the gym, mate. There's plenty of guys in the gym over the years who I've trained with who've beat the living shit out of me in the gym, and they're not at any level in terms of fighting. Do you know what I mean? They're not UFC fighters. They're not even close to the UFC. You know, and and they just can't do it when. You need to do it, and that's what's important.
0: Can't do when the lights come on, man. Woof. Hey, I think, I think we've rocked and rolled there, mate. I've, I've taken up far too much of your time. You should do this. You should do more. Obviously, you're concentrating on becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. I get all that, mate. But you should, uh, you should uh, have a crack at doing a little bit more of this. I don't know. I, I have to
1: find the right person to do it with. Do you know what I mean? Um, Nick Pe-
0: Nick Pete's a good looking lad <laughs> The sex uh, I don't know, Do mate, know what, He'd mate? be a nightmare, you and him would be an absolute <laughs> Fucking nightmare He'd sit there what? and he's budgie smugglers <laughs> And he'd just rip into everything Do you know what it is Adam right Is um,
1: You've had to lend me a microphone Obviously the viewers don't know about this This is it for the people at home There you go I, I can hardly work a fucking phone Never mind like a computer and all that um and i just yeah, don't I, I don't have if you, a whole if lot you, of time on
0: my hands you know yeah i know that but if you could get if if someone can get you on air and press record for an hour yeah. you know what i mean and on a random tuesday wednesday night whatever it may be bosh the people want to hear from you there you go i think you, 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 i you'll be doing know. the sugar show mate you'll be you'll be turning into the show normally get yourself a, a little pink guy <laughs> little pink rinse you'll be rocking
1: I'm all right for that, but I will, I, it is something I'd like to do. Obviously, I'm massively into the sport. If I'd like to do it, I've thought about doing it with like celebrities who also like MMA. That would be good. Perfect, perfect, yeah. That would be perfect. good, and I know quite a few of them as well. Do you know what I mean? That that'd it's be awesome. nice. There's absolutely loads. That'd be nice. Um, pick the brains well, a little you're,
0: bit. Well, your new mates with Louis Theroux, aren't you? I,
1: that'd be the ultimate guess, wouldn't it? That'd be the ultimate, that'd be my fucking dream, that. That'd be my dream guess, that I'd be completing it, first episode. I'd retire after one, undefeated. Louis through first First guess, that'd be that's it. That's
0: it, done.
1: But yeah, it's something I'd like to do, but it's just, just time, innit? Do you know what I mean? When I'm in training camp, mate, I'm in training camp, nothing, I don't do anything. I, I sleep, train and eat, that's it.
0: As it should be, man. We've got, uh, we've got business to take care of before we uh, do any of this media nonsense. So Paris this week, looking forward to seeing you on the TV, shirt open, very, uh, you know, I want it Narcos-esque, mate, is what I want it to look like, bit bit Escobar, shirt open, chest out, shades on, big chin, job done.
1: I'll go for it, I, I mean, I'm not in the best, I'm not in as good a shape now as I always want I thought, so I might wear I might vest underneath or something, looking fresh, Tony Soprano style. Onslow. Go yeah, for a
0: full onslaught, lad. i look great. I'll
1: look, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I've, I've actually got to get a shirt and that when I get there. I've not got one. So, doing a bit of shopping in uh, Paris, see how that goes. Super.
0: Well, safe flight, mate. Enjoy, uh, enjoy this week. If people are going out to Paris, obviously, I've no doubt they'll see you. I know that you're doing meet and greets and all that type of carry on with the UFC at some point uh, throughout the course of the weekend. Uh, and fingers crossed, we can get a fight date soon. Ideally, New York. That'd be amazing. If it's not New York, I do fancy a little trip to uh, Vegas before the end of the year, get a little bit of uh, winter sun on my face. That'd be a, a nice little treat. If you could sort that out for the lads, that'd be great. I completely agree. And do
1: you know what else I'm hearing rumblings of, which I do fancy? Go ahead. UFC China.
0: Ooh.
1: What about that? Get the lads over in China. That'd Ooh. be excellent, wouldn't it? That'd be nice. That would be nice.
0: That's a naughty little... Uh... Drop on the show. No, uh, never been to it before. I, I no debut same. it.
1: I debut it. I debut it to have a scrap there. Come on, that'd be great.
0: Who could you fight?
1: Someone ranked above me. It'd have to be. Oh, you could just take your belt there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. You wrap All it up. Right. Wrap it up. Come on. I will do. <laughs>
0: He's had enough. Right, listen. Thanks for tuning in to us. You can subscribe to us via the Fight Disciples website, fightdisciples.com. We're all over YouTube as well. Hit the button there. Me and Nick will be back together on Monday. He's back off his holidays, so make sure you come and join us for that. He's off to Paris. Thank you very much for watching. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you
0: heard, subscribe via iTunes.